Another wonderful day to all of you, and uh, I am so happy that I am here at Grace Christian Church sharing God's Word. It's always a, a wonderful opportunity to do that. And uh, once again, I'd like to uh, use this time to thank the church for your continued support of, uh, of uh, the work that we do in uh, Far East Broadcasting Company in FEBC. Uh, and uh, also thank you for your pastor, Pastor Stephen, for this invitation. It's always a great joy to uh, be able to look at the Word of God. As Christians, we are but pilgrims. We're just travelers in this world. And today we're going to be looking at 1 Peter, and when he introduces himself, he says in uh, 1 Peter uh, chapter 1, he says there, Peter, an apostle of Jesus Christ, to those who are elect exiles of the dispersion. So obviously people are all over the place uh, as far as his audience was concerned. And we too are very much like that. We are here for a short while, and we live our lives, and we continue on to, to travel together on our way to the presence of God. But, uh, you know, as travelers in life, uh, we are not left without a map. You know, normally we need a uh, spiritual road map, some sort of a ways to get to where we're going. And because God loves us so much, by His grace, He has given us His wonderful Word. And that's what we intend to do today, to look at that Word that God has given us. Sadly, many people, through as they live their lives, actually never seriously consider the Bible as the uh, uh, book that can direct them in a way of life that is pleasing to God and beneficial to others. For the most part, a lot of people don't even know what the Bible is all about. And uh, the sadder part of this whole thing is that many believers, many of us believers, have a Bible, but uh, we seldom, if not not at all, open it for guidance and ignore much of its content. So I am hoping that today as we study here in 1 Peter, that we will realize how valuable the Word of God is and what it can do in terms of moving our life forward, serving God, and eventually being in the presence of God because of His Word. So if there's a lesson to learn for today, it's this. I'd uh, encapsulate it in these words. In our journey of life, God in His grace has given us His wonderful Word in Jesus Christ to grow and guide us daily. So I'd like to encourage, to, uh, encourage all of you to please open your Bibles to uh, 1 Peter chapter 1. 1 Peter chapter 1. And uh, we're going to be reading from verse 22, verse 22, and then we're going to go all the way to 1 Peter chapter 2, verses 1 to 3. So we're going to go through verses 22, 23, 24, 25 of uh, chapter 1, and then cross over to 1 Peter chapter 2, 1 to 3. And so as we move forward... Uh, why don't we just uh, come to the Lord in prayer? Our Father in heaven, we thank you, Lord, for um, um, 
being with us today. And Father, as we read Your Word, as we study Your Word, Father, speak to us individually. Father, I know that You have a message for each one today. And encourage us corporately as we do this. This we ask in Jesus' name. Amen. So let's look at 1 Peter chapter 1, starting with verse 22. Having purified your souls by your obedience to the truth for a sincere brotherly love, love one another earnestly from a pure heart, since you have been born again, not of perishable seed, but of imperishable, through the living and abiding Word of God. For all flesh is like grass, and all its glory like the flower of grass. The grass withers, and the flowers falls, but the word of the Lord remains forever. And this word is the good news that was preached to you. So, put away all malice, and all deceit, and hypocrisy, and envy, and all slander, Like newborn infants, long for the pure spiritual milk that by it you may grow up into salvation, if indeed you have tasted that the Lord is good. First and foremost that we can glean from these verses is discovering the wonder of God's Word. Discovering the wonder of God's Word. It lives and abides forever. Verses 23 to 25 stresses this point. It says, not of perishable seed, but of imperishable seed, which lives and abides forever. And the Word of the Lord endures or remains forever. Now we need to understand that this is the same seed that in by which Jesus was conceived. This is the seed of the Holy Spirit. It is the same seed that conceived Jesus Christ in Luke chapter 1, verse 35. It is uh, through the same seed that the Word of God is conceived in the minds of those that were asked to write the Scriptures by the Holy Spirit. And we know that the Spirit of God is in His Word through the uh, operation of the Holy Spirit through the lives of men and women. Jesus also spoke about the indestructible Word of God. In Matthew 24, verses 35, it says there, Heaven and earth will pass away, but My Word will not pass away. Now, we, we all know that uh, even today, even today, there are many people who would like to negate the Bible, destroy the Bible, take it away. And through the years, there have been many efforts to actually take the Bible down. Uh, During the uh, uh, time of uh, Diocletian in uh, 303 A.D., he proclaimed that uh, that the uh, sacred Scriptures of the Christians be destroyed. And within 25 years of that, succeeding the emperor's order, 50 copies that were made were eventually distributed at government's expense. So the fact that he actually tore down, Diocletian tore it down, well, eventually Constantine had the Scriptures printed. Uh, Another French atheist in the 1700s, Voltaire, 
It says here that he boasted that within 100 years of his lifetime, Christianity would be swept from the earth. Well, but only 50 years after his death, his own printing press and house were being used by the Geneva Bible Society to produce stacks of Bibles. You know, the Lord has a sense of humor sometimes. And He really puts it to your face that His Word will endure forever. That's why in 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 24-25, He actually quotes the prophet Isaiah in Isaiah 40, verses 6-8. to A voice says, Cry. And I said, What shall I cry? All flesh is grass, and all its beauty is like the flowers of the field. The grass withers, the flowers fade. When the breath of the Lord blows on it, surely the people are grass. The grass withers, the flower fades, but the Word of God will stand forever. That was Isaiah's words echoed by Peter. We have a wonderful Word of God because we know that because of that Word, one's life can be transformed. We can be born again. There is a science known as biogenesis where life brings life. It has to take life to bring life. Biogenesis. The Word of God is exactly what it is. It is incorruptible. It is alive. It lives and abides forever, as verse 23 says. And because the Word lives, it is upon the hearing of that Word that we are regenerated. We are reborn. It is living and powerful. And we know that that Spirit that lives within the Word of God is the Holy Spirit that also raised Jesus Christ from the dead. And that's why in uh, Hebrews chapter 4, verse 12, it says there that the Word of God is living and powerful. In John chapter 6, verse 63, Jesus said it Himself, that the Word I speak to you are spirit and they are life. The Word of God is life itself. And in James chapter 1, verse 18, when a person receives the Word and obeys it, he or she is truly born again. It is through the power, the wonder of the Word of God that we all are here worshiping together. It's because of God's Word spoken to us. It's because of God's Word that we heard and the Spirit that is incumbent in it working in our own lives. Not only does the Word of God make us born again, and not only does it stand forever that it's going to last forever, it also purifies the soul. It purifies the soul. In verse 22, that's how Peter places it. Having purified your souls by your obedience to the truth, because we submitted to the truth of God's Word. It says there, for a sincere brotherly love. Love one another earnestly from a pure heart. The Word of God purifies our heart so that we can actually share it with others to share that piety, to share that purity. Obeying the truth of God's Word purifies our soul 
in John 17, 17, in Jesus' priestly prayer, He says, sanctify them in the truth. Your word is truth. And Jesus said, I am the truth. And John said, He is the Word. So the Word of God embodies who Jesus Christ is. It embodies what He has done for us. And His Spirit purifies us and cleanses us. And because of that, it produces continuing growth. That's why it's so very important that all of us, at one point in our life, should regularly open Scripture, read it, and study it. I'm very sure that uh, here in Grace Christian, there are many Bible study groups uh, that are being uh, offered and that have been formed. Don't neglect the study of the Word. But apart from the Bible study fellowships that you will have, I pray that you yourselves would study the Bible on your own. On your own. God has a special word for you. It says there in 1 Peter 2, verse 2, Desire the pure milk of the Word that you may grow thereby. Like new infants, long for that pure spiritual milk so that you may grow up into salvation. So that your salvation will continue to enliven your body, enliven your mind, enliven your heart, and at the same time, continuing to share that salvation to others. So we can understand the wonder of God's Word. We cannot just take it for granted. I don't know where you are at the moment in your own life. And, uh, you know, um, you may be going through something, or maybe this is your first time that you're actually hearing about this wonderful Word of God, and you've not actually opened the pages of Scripture. I do pray that you would, because it changes your life. It is unto the power of the Word that there is a change of life. It is to the utterance of that Word that you are changed and quickened and made alive again. Now, it's not only just discovering the wonder of God's Word, but also growing by the power of the Word of God. In 1 Peter uh, chapter 2, verses 1-3, to it says there, So put away all malice, all deceit and hypocrisy, and envy, and all slander. And like newborn infants, long for the pure spiritual milk, that by it you may grow up into salvation, if indeed you have tasted that the Lord is, is good. I do pray that you have tasted that the Lord is good. I do pray that the Lord has already uh, come into your life because of the hearing and the reading of God's Word. But as believers in Christ, as those that have submitted our lives to Christ, it doesn't end there. It doesn't end when we say, Lord, I believe. Our growth continues to work through. Why? Because we are called to disciple others. And if we are to disciple others so that others may know who Christ is, that they may obey His teachings, then we too will have to understand what those teachings are. And we must prepare ourselves for the learning, for the growth. That's why we are told, um, just like clearing the ground, so that it may be ready for planting. 
we must do that for ourselves as well. And that is the reminder of Peter. So he says, lay away, lay aside malice. Malice. Any evil disposition that you may have. Or a desire to injure somebody. Do you have malice in your life? If there is malice in your life, if you're always thinking of yourself alone and trying to put one over the other, it is something that must be quelled by the Word of God. And it's preparing us. As we submit ourselves to the Lord, we need to submit to the leading of His Holy Spirit. And in doing so, malice will soon be gone. In a sense, it is an effort that we all must do. It says there, remove guile or craftiness or scheming against others. You know, um, I mean, if there is a skill, I mean, I was looking at the definition of the word craftiness and scheming, and uh, it says there, skilled in deception. Um, sometimes it's, it's funny because apparently there are really evil skills. You know, skills that can be developed, but for evil and not for good. And obviously, the Scriptures and God's Spirit does not want us to develop those skills. The skills that we want to develop are those that honor God and benefit others. Hypocrisy is one of those deceptions, both in action and in our attitude. We need to slowly clear all of those in our lives. And obviously, we can only do that by God's Word and by the help of the Holy Spirit. Envy. Uh, feeling unhappy because others have it better off. Now, I do understand our social media culture has actually engendered envy. You know, a lot of uh, young people today, and maybe not even young people, maybe even older people, feel bad and feel frustrated because they have not reached um, the, uh, the events and the places that they see on Facebook or Instagram because others keep posting whatever, uh, uh, wherever they are and whatever they've done. And then only to discover that some of these are not really true. That they're just getting photographs just so that they can post it. But they've not really experienced the true changes in their lives. And yet, on the other hand, here we are envying. So, even in our social media environment today, envy is the one that is being perpetrated. Now, I do know, again, I'm not trying to demonize all sorts of social media because social media is also being used to bring out God's Word. And I do pray that we use social media wisely in the light of the wonder and growth that we can find in God's Word. Slander, which means Speaking evil of one another. Defamatory statements. Oh, how, how easy defamatory statements have been being thrown left and right on social media as well. Or even in real life. Words that we didn't uh, use very much uh, in the olden days are now just bywords already. And so we need to check ourselves. And mind you, I am guilty of the same. And I have to check myself every once in a while. My wife checks me every once in a while. So all of us need the correction that the Word of God provides. So it's not just preparing our hearts to receive the growth that comes from God's Word. 
The second is that we must have a proper desire for God's Word. And it now also becomes a checklist for us. A, a, an evaluation for us. Peter illustrates the proper desire. What is the proper desire? He says we are to become like newborn babes who desire milk. Um, you know, just like uh, infants, they long for it. They desire for it. They go to their mothers if they are breastfeeding. Or as soon as they see a bottle, you can see the, the, the excitement, as it were, to make sure that they get part of that. There is this incessant, instinctive desire. The question for us is, do we have that instinctive desire for God's Word? Does it come naturally to us to study, to understand, to go to a place where people will study the Word? Because it says there in verse 3, if indeed you have tasted that the Lord is good. If you've tasted that the Lord is good, then you will keep desiring for it. You keep desiring for it. Now, on a negative, uh, on a negative uh, perspective, you know, we, my wife and I just came from Cebu in a, in a meeting there. And of course, they served their famous Cebu lechon. And I know that eating too much of it is not good for you, but you desire for it, you know? And, uh, and so what we say, okay, we're just going to taste. Just a little. But you see, Peter is not talking just about a little taste. He's talking about longing for it all the time. Starting as infants and hopefully growing into solid food. Growing into solid food. So, does it present to you in your hearts that attitude towards the longing for God's Word? Do you demand regular feeding of God's Word? If we, if we um, uh, are looking forward to lunch or a meal today, if you're looking forward to that, is it the same desire that you have for the Word of God? Because it can become a check in our hearts. Matthew 4, verse 4, Jesus in His uh, uh, temptation situation answered the devil, It is written, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes out from the mouth of God. Which means our life should be guided by the Word of God. And how are we going to be guided if we don't know what the tenets are in God's Word? In Psalm 119, verse 165, it says there, Great peace have those who love your law. Nothing can make them stumble. If we don't want to stumble, we need to be desiring God's Word. In Jeremiah 15, 16, Your words are found that I ate them, and your words became to me a joy and a delight of my heart. For I am called by your name, O, God, o Lord, God of hosts. Failure to have this longing... Um, uh, of God's Word becomes now the main reason why we can't grow. And maybe we should actually check our hearts if we've had that chance to have an encounter with Jesus Christ. Because the Spirit will prompt us. His Spirit will prompt us into the desire for God's Word. So if there is a failure, two things. One, are, are, are there still many of uh, 
the debris that needs to be cleared out in our life. And we need to pray that the Holy Spirit can help us clear that so that we may have growth and a desire for God's Word. The other part is, maybe I need to reevaluate my life to ask, have I really believed in Jesus Christ? Have I really surrendered my life to Him? Because I don't have any desire at all. And it is only the Spirit that quickens your heart that allows you to desire God's Word. So if you do not study and meditate on the Bible daily, on His Word daily, um, then how can you grow and how can you exist in this world? With all of its temptation, with all of its problems, we need the support of God's Word, individually and corporately. As we come to a close, it says in verse 25, through the Word of God, and now this Word of God. You see, there are two words in, uh, in uh, Greek uh, that have been used uh, as far as uh, uh, the Word is concerned. One is rima, somebody who speaks it, and the Word itself, logos. But you know, here in this set of Scriptures, Peter uses both. So there's really not much of a difference because one is the Word itself and the other one is it being spoken. So in a sense, we can probably say, just for simple understanding, the written Word and the spoken Word. The Rima and the Logos. And he uses it. In uh, 1 Peter uh, chapter 1, verse 23, he uses Rima. Or rather, he uses Logos. And then he uses Rima in 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 25. So he uses it interchangeably, the written word and the spoken word. And so it doesn't really matter. What matters is, have you had an encounter with the written word? Uh, we were with the Bible translation uh, ministry in Cebu, and that's where we, were, uh, we went to. And that's where I discovered that as people are translating the Bible, they're not only just translating the Bible in the written form they are also translating it in the oral form because there are, there are still ethnic groups that still do not have written word. But they do hear and they have a language. And so it is in the same spirit where God works. He works in both. He works in His Word because His Word is filled with His Spirit, the Spirit of Jesus Christ who died for us and who rose again and is coming back. And it is the essence of the Gospel. Jesus Christ is the Gospel. He is the good news that we have to preach, as Peter said. So indeed, if you have tasted the goodness of the Lord, His graciousness in your life, His forgiveness in your life, where is our desire? Are we desiring to go back to His wonderful Word? Desire it like newborn babes. But then, as newborn babes desire for the spiritual milk, that we will go into solid food and learn it deeper so that we may become good disciples of Christ who will disciple others for Christ. This is my prayer for you today. This is the wonder of God's Word that is living and active even so today. If you have not yet obeyed the Gospel, why not do it today? 
The Word of God is speaking to you. It is speaking to you today. And I pray that you will say, yes, I believe. I believe in Jesus Christ. I believe in His Word. Because it is being spoken every single day to all of us. It feeds us. It makes us alive. In our journey of life, God in His grace has given us His wonderful Word in Jesus Christ to grow and guide us every single day. Let's bow down our heads in prayer. Our Father in heaven, we praise You, Lord, for Your Son, Jesus Christ. We thank You, Lord, for Your mighty Spirit that works in Your Word that is now guiding us, Father, today. Thank You for His presence in our worship time today. Thank You for His presence in the Word every time we open it. Thank You, Lord, for His guidance as He walks alongside every single day that we walk this earth. Every single day in our journey, in our travel. Father, May we feel that desire to look into Your Word, to study it, and make us grow. This we ask in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. God bless you.